Welcome to the Called Forth Podcast. This is the place where we help ambitious women of faith to activate and break through the belief structures holding them back. I'm your host, Dawn Town, author of the book, Hashtag More Than Done, speaker, wife, and mama four. I'm going to show you how to go from stuck to called forth while connecting to the full expression of who God has made you to be and make this season your season in your life and your business. I believe God has called you forth from the very beginning, and this is your season of awakening and activation. Hello, and welcome to the Called Forth podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the movement that has been going on for a while about deconstructing faith, as well as the value of staying up to date politically on the latest things going on, including the fact that Ron DeSantis is moving a third of his campaign staff to Iowa. I will also be talking about how your dreams and the things that you're going after are going to take a whole lot more than you ever envisioned that they would. But don't be discouraged or lose heart because it's when we understand that and we set our expectations, we can then not be surprised and disheartened when things feel like a struggle sometimes. So let's dive in. Now, I first heard about what it meant to deconstruct your faith. I don't know, maybe it was a few years ago. I don't remember the exact year, but I heard this word deconstruction. And I kind of heard it associated with a name, Joshua Harris, this guy who wrote this book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. I never read it. I think it was kind of around when I was a teenager that this was written and being promoted, but I didn't read the book. I, however, did grow up in conservative Christian culture. I grew up in church my whole life, a First Assembly of God church to be specific. And I grew up going to a Christian school, raised in a Christian home. So... Faith was very much a part of my life from the very beginning, at least that I can remember. But I saw this wave uh, when I graduated and moved into my 20s and 30s that there were people that did what they're calling deconstructing their faith. And it was really related to this conversation around high demand religion. And these high demand religion conversations sometimes are talking about specific religions like Mormonism, maybe children of God. I'm, there's there's so many different sects of religion that I couldn't list all of them here, but they label these religions as requiring a lot of you, which is why they're called high demand religions. And I'm not saying Christianity falls in that category. I'm just saying this is the type of language that came out of some of these conversations and this word deconstruction. And then most recently, I've heard the conversation when one of the Duggar daughters came out with her book, Free Indeed, and it was about disentangling her faith from fear, not necessarily deconstruction. And she was really specific to make sure that she's not deconstructing her faith in the way that we know it today, which is that you completely really leave religion altogether and probably get therapy to overcome what they consider some traumatic events that happen to them in their religious experience. And so she was very specific to say, I'm not deconstructing, I'm just disentangling some of the false beliefs that I grew up with that don't align with who I know God to be now. But I'm still very much a Christian, love Jesus, live for God in every sense of the word. I'm just not walking out my faith in the way that I was raised to growing up. And then you've seen another Duggar daughter, Jill Duggar, come out with a book that also is dealing with some of the ramifications and repercussions of some of the false teaching that she was under when she was growing up. And I've even seen this in my own circle of friends, people I know who have deconstructed their faith or they've labeled it as deconstruction versus 
disentangling or just releasing some of the things that maybe they grew up under that they didn't, they now don't agree with. And it's interesting because growing up in very much a Christian culture, I can see how you would go that direction if you grew up under a really oppressive religious environment. And I have no doubt that when you're talking about a huge body of religions, there's gonna be some level of bad actors or bad characters who misinterpret who Jesus is and was and grasp onto power and basically warp the true message of Jesus to their own advantage or maybe even out of ignorance. There's gonna be those things that happen in religious communities. But what has kept me from deconstructing versus disentangling, which I wouldn't say I've had a disentangling experience. I wouldn't label it that, but I would certainly say there's things that I have grown up under that I release now and don't walk in. But at the same time, I very much consider myself a Christian and live for God to the best of my ability in my adult life, but I haven't deconstructed in the way I've seen so many people doing. And so what I feel like for me has kept me from doing that is, and I'm not saying that I've walked this out perfectly, but I see it happen so often. People put spiritual leaders on a pedestal. And I've heard this analogy, I think it was a few days ago, about if you are tethered to somebody, like if you picture mountain climbers and they're all tethered to the top person, when that top person falls, everybody falls down. But if you can tether yourself to Jesus and not a fallible human leader, it really helps you to stay grounded when that leader that's in your life falls. And I think it does a disservice to leadership when we put them on a pedestal to act like they're anything more than human because they're gonna get it wrong. And this is part of why, I know I'm digressing here, but this is part of why I think cancel culture is so toxic because it keeps people from really expressing their viewpoints because knowing that 10 years down the road, they might feel differently or have a different revelation of what truth looks like 10 years down the road. And I don't mean different revelation of truth as in facts change, I just mean we can go through it life and we can have a certain level of understanding for something and then we mature and grow and 10 years later we might have a different perspective on a topic that we spoke on and because there's a sphere of cancel culture people are afraid to share their viewpoints because they feel like oh if i look back 10 years from now i will realize i got it wrong or i only had a limited view of that specific topic or they're worried about being canceled for the view that they have now and so to tie this back into where i really wanted to go with the spiritual conversation it's that spiritual leaders are human and they're not always going to get it right they're not even always going to articulate it right i even had a conversation happen over the last few days of somebody who was just basically expressing that the person that they were talking to was disenfranchised, if you will, when they started looking at all of these videos of this person talking and they pulled one video out of the hundreds of videos that this person has and they were using that one video to justify why they were basically trash talking this person. And I know this kind of sounds like a convoluted story, but the whole point is you can take, especially if somebody's on social media, you can take all of their videos combined, they can, and they can be a spiritual leader. And you're gonna find a few videos along the way that maybe don't align with your viewpoint. But does that mean you completely rule out that person's insight and revelation and teaching and wisdom? I think not, unless that person's openly, absolutely teaching falsehood as their complete premise for what they are talking about. I think we spend way too much time living in fear over being deceived than just focusing on learning more about who Jesus is through our own research and study of the Bible and our own time with God. This is where I find some of the toxicity in the church 
where the church is so focused on keeping their congregates and not losing people and creating fear that if they get involved with other churches or they collaborate in a community on events that there might be some dissension or because there's all this fear one church might get worried that oh because i'm affiliated with this other church or collaborating that they're going to think that i'm on board for everything this other church says it just gets really crazy and convoluted what it really leads back to the main point of really what i wanted to get to was just if you are putting some spiritual leader on a pedestal as if they're never gonna get it wrong or they're never gonna develop a higher understanding of something that they're speaking on, you're doing a disservice to the person and you're doing a disservice to yourself as well. Because as we grow, as we mature, we do gain a perspective throughout life that maybe we didn't have when we were, when we were 10 years earlier in life. And so I think it's so important when you are leading, teaching and impacting people, everyone from the pastor to even what I'm doing now in this podcast, to maybe what you do on social media, to what you do in your own home as a wife and a mom, a husband, a father, that in the end, you're pointing people to Jesus and his teaching and his revelation and his word. And yes, you can give your perspective on how you're interpreting certain things, but I feel like the mark of a great spiritual leader is after you listen to their sermon, you're encouraged to go to the word and find out what God says for you versus feeling like that person is the end all be all. Yes, we can understand that people have certain giftings and maybe they have a way of articulating God's word and key concepts and topics. But in the end, we've got to make sure that we're tethered to Christ himself versus being tethered to a spiritual leader that in the end, because they're not perfect, they're gonna fall. And that's not an ugly prediction. It's just the fact of they're not perfect, they're gonna make mistakes. And the only one who is perfect, who doesn't make any mistakes, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever is Jesus. So that's why when I hear so much criticism about other pastors and spiritual leaders, it really kind of rubs me the wrong way in the sense of, you know, we all gravitate towards different people's teaching in, dis in different seasons of our lives. I know for instance, there's certain people that I follow and then I might go through a different season where I gravitate somewhere else, but then I might come back a few years later and I'm back to, because I'm in a different season of my life where I'm dealing with something different, I might gravitate towards somebody else who's speaking on the specific topics that I need to hear in whatever particular season of life I may find myself in. And so I know this conversation started off with like, how did I not go to deconstructing my faith versus disentangling my faith. And really, I don't need to say it in any more of an extravagant way other than just to say, throughout my life, I've just gone back to my faith in God and gone back to the word and gone back to him again and again and again. And when I didn't understand things, when I didn't uh, know why things were unfolding the way that they were, as hard as it was, and I did this perfectly imperfect, more imperfect than perfect by any means, is just choosing to trust God that he's good and his word is true. And there's times where I've been angry with God, times where I've not understood why life has felt so challenging in different ways. And it would have been so easy just to move on with my life and and try to do it on my own and throw out the baby with the bathwater in the sense of throwing out all the religious conviction in my life because of some false teaching that I had along the way growing up or certain aspects of my faith that I felt like were more rooted in legalism while I was growing up. I could easily throw religion aside because of trauma and hurt that I've even had in the church growing up. 
But what's kept me grounded is knowing that the church is full of imperfect people. And by church, I don't even mean like a church body in a building. I just mean like believers as a whole are not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I know the one who is. And so as long as I keep running after his heart and I engage in community that is running after his heart, I've been able to disentangle any falsehood that I feel like was wrongly conveyed in my youth, but still hang on to the good memories and the good things that I received. And again, this isn't discrediting anyone's story who grew up in a Christian environment where maybe there was a lot more toxicity than I experienced or more trauma than I experienced. So this conversation isn't coming from a place of shame or judgment. It's just saying that it's possible to hang on to faith and to have a perspective that appreciates the good and releases the bad. And I'm not saying that's easy. I know we have our own story and our own path that we're walking, but if you're living in your life right now and you know that you've released everything from your religious upbringing and background because of the way that it was presented growing up, but you know that in adulthood, you would like to start to revisit getting to know who God is from where you're at right now, I want to encourage you to do it and not let past religious upbringing experience keep you from what God wants to do in your life right now, whatever age you may find yourself. Okay, so we're going to move into our next topic. I didn't know I was going to end up going all over the place, but hopefully you were able to catch my heart with what I was really trying to convey. Now, moving on to politics. It's been so exciting the last few weeks. I've gone to several different political events due to some amazingly generous friends who've got me tickets. I've seen Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, E.W. Jackson, who you probably haven't heard much about, but he is running for political office. And and this Saturday, I'm going to see Ron DeSantis. And I actually just heard that Ron DeSantis is moving a third of his campaign staff to Iowa. I also heard this conversation around when it comes to Trump, a third of the voters on the right are never Trumpers, a third are always Trumpers, and a third are always Republican. And I thought this was an interesting conversation because as I've gone to these political events and met these different candidates, I can't say that I'm 100% on board with all of them. But there is something to hearing someone speak, getting a feel for who they are and how they present themselves and not being beholden for or against any one person. Meaning I get the conversation of never Trumpers and why he can be such a turnoff to people as well as always Trumpers and why they really appreciate what he did during his presidential candidacy and the element that he brings to the political narrative right now. And then I understand the always Republican because those people, they're going to get behind whoever is the nominee and they're going to vote because they identify more with the Republican values. And they're not like the never Trumpers who are so dead set against him that if he were to get the nomination, they wouldn't vote. No, they're always Republican. So whoever the nominee is, as long as for the most part, their values and the direction that that person is planning to move the country and they can get behind, they're going to vote for the Republican candidate. And so I say all this to say, I know sometimes it can feel overwhelming to stay up to date on everything that's going on politically because things are constantly changing. And especially uh, from a conservative place, it can feel really disheartening and disenchanting to constantly see the corruption and things that are going on, even in fighting within the Republican Party and feel like, does my vote even matter? And things feel so 
crazy because the stories that come out about things that are being done get crazier and crazier. So it almost gets to a point where you almost tune it out because it becomes so toxic because you see all of the wokeness and all of the corruption that have infiltrated everywhere from the education system to the criminal justice system. You see people getting off for murders and horrible crimes just because of political agendas. And then you see people that are over-prosecuted and the book is thrown at them in a completely unfair way, all because of political agendas. And it can feel daunting and frustrating. But I wanna encourage you not to tune out to the political conversation and not to feel disheartened as well, even though it would be easy to feel that based on the things that have been going on. This is where as a person of faith, your hope and your trust and your peace comes from a higher place. So regardless of what might be happening in the world, you don't have to be disenfranchised by it, but you can be motivated to make a change, stand up, spread the word, do whatever it is in your sphere of influence to make a difference in your own community, and then stay aware of what is going on so you can keep your finger on the pulse of what's really happening. It's easy to bury your head in the sand because of everything going on, but if you're listening and you have children, you can't afford to bury your head in the sand, even if you don't have children. God hasn't come back yet, the world hasn't ended, so we still have a life to live in the today, and we still have designed impact that we're meant to walk out in the world. And whether you're a stay-at-home mom and it's your babies that are running around the house, or you're in an office somewhere doing administrative tasks, whatever your role in life is right now, wherever your sphere of influence is, you can make an impact. And more conversation is needed, not less. It's easy to hide and stay in the closet because you're worried about what people are gonna think when they find out your political affiliation or political views. But if you have the opportunity to engage in polite conversation with someone with an opposing viewpoint, as much as it might feel uncomfortable to do so, you're gonna be better for it in the from the perspective that whatever they come back at you with, you can then take into account and refine how you present your viewpoint, your opinion, and then you can understand the heart behind why they believe what they believe. Either way, this is not a time to back down. It's a time to be more informed. And it's a time to stay up to date, but at the same time from a place of peace and not overwhelm in the political conversation. And now moving on a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. That is the topic of personal development in the sense that your dreams are gonna take much more than you ever thought that they would. And I don't say that from a place of being disheartened. I say that from a place of understanding that if you were somebody who's been walking out a goal or a vision or an idea or a business that you've been going after and it's not unfolding the way that you want it to, it's been challenging, it's been frustrating, and it feels like you're not gaining traction, just know you are so not alone and that walking out your dreams and goals, the things that you wanna go after, the things that God stirred on your heart, your personal passions and interests, they're gonna take more resiliency and grit than you ever knew. And I don't say that from a perspective of discouragement. It really is just understanding and knowing you're gonna to have to get up every day and keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And that doesn't necessarily mean that when you're pushing, you're coming from a place of anxiety or depression or discouragement. It just means there's times where you're going to have to press into the uncomfortableness of moving forward regardless of the fact that you don't feel progress or results coming along the way with you. It's like you're dragging progress and results behind you. And it's like this hundred pound weight that you're just like, uh, if you're on audio, you can't see me making these motions, but it's just like, picture me trying to drag a hundred pound weight with you. 
And sometimes it can feel like that. And I'm actually reading a book called The Prayer Powered Entrepreneur, and it's really insightful. She talks a lot about this in the book, but she comes from the perspective of it shouldn't have to feel that way because when we invite God into the conversation and we invite him, then we rely on his strength and not our own. But I think it's also important to remember when you are walking out your goals, it's knowing that not everyone's story that appears to be easy is a reflection of all the stories as a whole. And we might know this in our mind, but the journey from the head to the heart is a really long journey. And it can be easy to look at other people and think why, yes, they've suffered for five years, 10 years pursuing their business and now it's unfolding. Maybe you're on year 12 though. And you're like, hey, this was only supposed to be five to 10 years. Or maybe you're on year five and you're like, this was only supposed to be two years of struggle. <laughs> and so just know that just because something's hard, doesn't mean it's not gonna happen for you. Sometimes you have to go through those uncomfortable failures along the way. I would say more often than, than not, you do. And something that I've really leaned into lately as I've been shifting the way I'm doing things on my podcast and other things that I'm involved in is that sometimes when we're exercising a new muscle, that can be a great explanation for why we're not initially strong in that area. So you may feel like I'm just not talented enough or gifted enough because if I did this passion that I'm trying to walk out would look eat, would look better, be easier, not feel as strained. But it also could be because you haven't exercised that muscle. Yes, you have a passion for it, but that doesn't mean that utilizing the skills needed to walk out that passion won't require some uncomfortableness that comes along with building that muscle and that skill set to walk it out where you get to the place where it's coming naturally to you more and more. So just understand that just because it's uncomfortable and you're having to press deeply through something that you feel like you're almost forcing in a sense, don't let that discourage you from continuing to walk it out. Because we do live in such a culture of being able to look around at other people who are more resourced, they're more polished, they seem to be doing it so much better than what we're doing it right now. It's easy to write ourselves off and be like, well, I guess this wasn't meant to be because every time I sit to do this, it's a struggle. No, the truth could just be you need to exercise that muscle again and again and again. So let this be your encouragement for the day to not give up, keep going, keep pressing in, even if it feels like to a degree you're forcing it or it's a struggle. And certainly you have to pay attention to, is this a sign that I need to redirect and do something different? It could be that. I'm not saying that this explanation applies in every circumstance and in every case. So if you feel like this doesn't resonate with you, then you can release it. But if you feel like mm, this might be speaking to me a little bit, she could be onto something, then I just want you to understand and know that you're not alone in the pressing in of the hard. But as a person of faith, of course, this is where you're gonna lean into God's strength and you're not doing this alone. You're gonna trust him in the process. So that is all for this week's episode. Until next time. That's all we've got for this episode of the Called Forth Podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also make sure to link up with us at www.dontown.com. That's D-A-W-N-T-O-W-N-E.com. And on social media. And please just share. Share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you have been called forth.